0: Good morning from Fast Company. Here's our daily look into what's driving today's creative business leaders. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning from Fast Company. Here's our daily look into what's driving today's creative business leaders. From the moment Beyonce dropped her Renaissance dance album in late July, fans started anticipating the music videos. In October, they finally got something approximating one, a scene set to the song of summer renaissance of Beyonce dancing in a Studio 54-style disco, sparkling in a gem-encrusted mini-dress and chain link necklace. Except it wasn't a music video. It was an ad for Tiffany & Company. For the past two years, America's most influential celebrity has joined forces with America's most storied luxury brand in a series of campaigns with remarkable reach. The Beyonce Lose Yourself in Love campaign from this past fall notched 4.6 billion impressions and 690 million total video views. A year earlier, the singer starred in a fall ad alongside her husband Jay-Z, a Jean-Michel Basquiat painting, and the jeweler's famous and controversial 128.54 carat Tiffany diamond. This marriage between two cultural icons, which encapsulates a distinctly American vision of luxury and cultural power, would have seemed unthinkable only a few years ago, when Tiffany and Company was losing its luster. After strong double-digit growth in the aughts, the company crossed $4 billion in sales in 2013. But revenue started to fall in 2015, even as the luxury industry grew. Tiffany's most glaring mistake was to lose focus on its high-end jewelry and advertise its entry price points, says Luca Solka, senior research analyst in luxury goods at the consultancy Bernstein. It had fallen from a luxury brand into a jewelry retailer. That changed when LVMH acquired the jeweler in January 2021 for $15.8 billion. We came at an opportune time, says LVMH CEO Bernard Arnault on his Q4 2021 earnings call of acquiring Tiffany & Company, just as it had stagnated. People said, you're paying a lot for that company, but I think it was not expensive at all, he said. According to Euromonitor, Tiffany was the largest contributor to LVMH's growth over the past two years. Revenue in LVMH's jewelry and watches category was up 18% to $11.35 billion in 2022, with Tiffany's earnings now double what they were pre-acquisition. Much of this growth has come from the efforts of 30-year-old Alexandre Arnault, who became Tiffany's executive vice president of product and communications when his family's conglomerate took over. Since the acquisition, he has been orchestrating a steady drumbeat of hype around the storied jeweler. Over the past couple of years, Tiffany has launched NFTs, a popular unisex lock bracelet collection priced accessibly enough to bring in new customers, and buzzy collaborations with Patek Philippe, Supreme, Nike, and the upstart art collective Mischief, which made a $1,000 limited edition Ultimate Participation Trophy with the jeweler. Tagline, those who can't play, pay. Tiffany created a blue football and basketball with Wilson and sculptures with contemporary artist Daniel Arsham. Alexandre Arnault's approach to luxury is a departure from previous generations of leaders, who orchestrated changes slowly and refrained from making too much news for fear of diluting the brand. To win over millennials and Gen Z consumers, Arnault is writing a new playbook. Part of being desirable is being part of the cultural conversation, Arnault says. One of the first things we did was build a team that was able to react to ideas and make noise. While Europe has produced dozens of luxury brands from Chanel to Hermes to Loewe that have stood the test of time, America has struggled to create a high-end brand with similar longevity. Tiffany & Company, founded by the jeweler Charles Louis Tiffany in 1838, is a rare exception. Tiffany is the only American luxury brand, Arnaud says. Our high jewelry is made in the best atelier in the world yet we come at it with a uniquely American mindset. Tiffany's potent mix of luxury and American innovation can be traced to its founder, who established the brand's reputation as a premier retailer thanks to business decisions that were unusual at the time, like marking the price on goods to avoid haggling and not accepting credit. He also chose a distinct Robin's Egg Blue for the cover of Tiffany's mail-order catalog, which became indelibly associated with the brand. Tiffany & Company became a household name during the Gilded Age and managed to enter the 20th century as an iconic retailer known for its diamond engagement rings. In the years before LVMH acquired, Tiffany's sales had been slowing, particularly among young, affluent consumers. There were many reasons for this drop, from lower tourist spending to an overall decline in marriage— but from Arnaud's perspective, the broader problem was that Tiffany was no longer considered aspirational among young people, especially compared with European fashion labels such as Louis Vuitton, Balenciaga, and Gucci. Some brands are overpresent, which can damage their brand, but others are too pure and aren't part of the conversation, he says. Tiffany wasn't part of the cultural zeitgeist. Sulca agrees that Tiffany's communication strategy had been failing before Arnaud took the helm. It was applying a rather antiquated marketing approach, he says, before noting that LVMH has a communications playbook that has been effective across its brands. It involves engaging younger consumers by tapping into celebrities and social media, he says, and more importantly, it involves talking about the high-end qualifications of the brand. When he came to Tiffany, Arnault wanted to fundamentally transform the way that the brand interacted with other big cultural players, from celebrities to artists. He hired new staffers who could identify relevant partnerships, then quickly turn them into reality. Arnault himself took a pivotal role in building new relationships. A month into the job, he went to Beyonce and Jay-Z's house himself to ask them to represent Tiffany. His closing argument? Tiffany's recent acquisition of Basquiat's 1982 masterpiece Equals Pi," which he helped orchestrate. That painting became the backdrop for their first campaign with the jeweler. Tiffany and company isn't Arnaud's first brand turnaround. At age 24, he became CEO of Remoa, that 125-year-old German luggage company that LVMH acquired in 2016 for $716 million. For a century, consumers thought of Ramoa as the inventor of well-engineered aluminum suitcases. Arnaud transformed the luggage maker into a collaboration factory, launching partnerships with hot young brands like Bape and Antisocial Club, and streetwear giants like Supreme and Off-White. By 2019, the brand was on track to hit its long-term target of $1 billion in sales by the middle of 2025. Solka believes that collaborations are still an effective strategy for luxury brands, as long as there's a strong, high-quality product behind the marketing. Collaborations are designed to attract attention, he says. At the end of the day, you are competing in a crowded business, so you need visibility. But once you have the traffic in stores, you need to have a proper product offering to sell. Heritage brands such as Remoa and Tiffany & Company tend to deliver on quality. Arnaud has been steeped in the world of heritage brands from a young age. He grew up discussing what was happening at his family's portfolio of brands over the dinner table and continues to have regular Zoom calls with his father and siblings who run various tentacles of the company. We update each other on the inner workings of what's happening in the group and more broadly in the world, he says. But Arnaud has always been intrigued by the world of fast-growing startups. I thought of Romoa as a small startup with 120 years of heritage, he says. We built a nimble team from the ground up. We weren't scared to take risks, which is not very common in luxury. Tiffany is a different beast. It is a much larger company with 12,000 employees compared to Ramoas' 3,000, and it generates multiples of Ramoas' less than $1 billion in revenue. But Arnaud has proven that it is possible to take risks and respond to trends quickly, even at a big brand. Arnault continues to reinvent Tiffany. Next up is a major redesign of the retail experience. The brand has been renovating its Fifth Avenue store, which it plans to unveil to great fanfare in April. Across its retail fleet, Tiffany is also rumored to be tapping rising artists to reimagine its most sacred brand identifiers, the Little Blue Box. Even so, Arnault says that it's crucial to hold on to the brand's distinctly American identity. He points out that Tiffany is already woven into American life. We've made White House China since President Lincoln, he says. We manufactured the trophies for America's most famous sports, from basketball to football to tennis. Being American, to Arnaud, also means being inclusive and democratic. He believes it is possible to be accessible even as a luxury brand. This means creating products that start at more affordable prices, like $350 silver heart necklaces, and partnering with brands like Nike that have a mass audience, while simultaneously emphasizing the brand's craftsmanship and high jewelry offerings. He's also conscious of crafting a corporate image that seems inviting to all. When Tiffany launched its collection of genderless lock bracelets last August, the tagline was, No rules, everyone welcome. It's about being approachable to everyone, all generations, all buying powers, Arnaud says. That's the American Mindset. That's all today from Fast Company. Talk to you tomorrow. Spoken Layer Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.